For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome in. It is Believe in Patriots, episode nine of the podcast. And a guy that uh, I've hooked up with many times on radio, bring him to the pod for the first time. It's Ken the K-Train Kreitz from Roto-Wire, talking some fantasy football. Ken, how are you? I am well, Brady. I don't know if the wood... Uh... The wood whistle converts well to video, but uh, things are well. This is our super busy season, and it's like we've gone from no sports to all sports. Well, you are incredibly prepared, and you sent me a list of things that you want to talk about, and a list of rankings. I hope you know that this is a Patriots podcast. We're not going to talk at all about and all the things you want to talk about for the most part. Like I, I appreciate the effort, but we're not going to most of it. Okay, let's wing it. Let's, uh, let's talk Pats. So you're a Patriots fan, actually, and you're up in Vermont like I am. Have you been a Pats fan your whole life? Let's start. Let's start basic. I have to confess, I grew up uh, outside of D.C. in Maryland during the uh, Jack Kent Cook, Joe Gibbs, John Riggins heyday. So as a kid, I was a team from Washington fan, but the current owner is just so atrocious that. Uh, when we moved here in 2003, it was a good excuse to bail on little Danny and become a cheer for the Pats fan, not realizing he'd be the greatest NFL run ever. So do you consider yourself a front runner since they won the Super Bowl in the 01 season? Do you consider yourself a front runner, Ken? Um, that's what my Maryland friends accuse me of. and I can't blame them. But, you know, I wanted to root for the same team my kids root for. And my kids were one and three years old when we moved here. And I wanted them to root for the local team, which was the Pats. So we switched together. But I cannot deny that that accusation. Are you a Red Sox Celtics fan? You're also a Red Sox and Celtics fan. So did you adopt these teams also at the same we, time? Yes. Yes. Again, not realizing the greatest sports run any city would ever have. It was more just I want my kids to root for the same team as their dad. I didn't want to torture them with where I had lived in the past. I wanted that I wanted because we moved to Vermont to stay. And I said, all right, we're switching. We're all in. I bought hats for everyone. <laughs> well, we'll talk, we will talk about some of your fantasy rankings, but we also will talk about the Patriots specifically. What has been your vibe out of training camp that you've seen? I mean, Cam Newton looks like now he is head and shoulders above Stidham. We already yeah. thought he was head and, above, uh, head and shoulders above Brian Hoyer. What's been your read on what's happening at Pat's training camp so far? Well, I'm terrified. I mean, the first thought, and uh, I haven't been dissuaded of this, I'm terrified about the opt-outs. I'm really scared about the defense, linebacker in particular. Yeah, I don't think anything at training camp is going to dissuade my fears until they actually line up and play. But, you know, when you look at starting linebackers, when you uh, lose Hightower, I mean, when you lose Hightower yeah. and then Van Noy leaves in free agency and Landon Roberts leaves in yeah. free agency, I mean, Jamie Collins is gone. I mean, you've lost, like, your top four linebackers from last year for various reasons. Right. And, you know, when they brought Jamie Collins back in, for instance, you go, oh, great. Classic Belichick. Get a guy when the market's low. He knows how to use him. I don't know if we have those guys this year. I know 
We like to leverage Winovich's pass rush. Yeah. But the rest of these guys, I don't know what their hardcore skill set is. So I'm concerned a lot about the defense. Uh, uh, it, well, and especially the linebackers. That's my big fear. You got to have faith in Bill, though, right? Yeah, I'm concerned about linebackers. I think the thing I'm with you on is that the defense we thought was the calling card of the team, and they were going to be able to win 13 nine games if they needed to, or win 21 17. They're not going to be able to do that as easily now. So yeah. that definitely that definitely worries me. I'm encouraged. Adrian about, Phillips. What are we yeah. going to get out of safety? I don't know. You know. I'm encouraged by what I see out of Cam, though. By all accounts, he's making rapid progress, good reads, developing a rapport with the wide receivers. They need Nikhil Harry to be good. Wow. And, I mean, yesterday, as, I, as we're taping this, yesterday he had really his first good day of practice of the entire offseason. They need him to be good because wide receivers are another problem point on this roster. You could even argue running back's a problem point, too. I mean, what are we getting out of Sonny Michel? He, has he... <laughs> Are we already bailing on him as a, being a bell cow back? Yeah, Nikhil Harry, I mean, the pedigree's there. Uh, it's way too premature to give up on a guy like that. I'm scared about Edelman staying healthy all season. We don't have any depth behind him. Dorsett's gone. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do have high hopes for Harry. Um, I think Cam, you know, Cam's in a magical contract year. If he stays healthy, could be awesome. But, man, so many ifs. I will say this, though. How spoiled have we been as Pats fans where we're terrified about a 7-9, and 8-8 eight eight season? There are a lot of NFL franchises that would love to go 8-8 eight and eight this year. Oh, no, absolutely. And I, I think that – I think there are things playing into the Patriots' benefit here because I don't think that their roster – is particularly deep, as you said. I don't think it's particularly good. I do think they're somewhere between seven. I would say worst case scenario, six and ten. Best case scenario was ten and six, but they're probably more likely in the middle of eight and eight. But when you start talking about playing games with no fans, look, I could see them going to Seattle and winning essentially a neutral True. site game. So it's games that they shouldn't have won. I could see I, them winning. I love. I love that we won't have your Seattle fans going nuts at us, Brady. That, that, yes. <laughs> the 12th man and the flags and all that. Uh, yeah, who knows? Anything could happen. We saw that with a lot of NBA bubble games, too. It's just weird. Uh, but, yeah, so I just uh, – I can't think of a Pats year that has had this many question marks uh, since the Steve Grogan uh, time period. <laughs> You know, you mentioned Sony Michelle, and I've had this this discussion a couple times before on this podcast. I don't think that Sony Michelle is a bust. They won the Super Bowl his rookie year. He carried them to it in the playoffs. For that, I will always consider the draft pick justified. However, he needs to have a big year so that he can get back on the radar in terms of getting that big that big contract so that he can get that fifth year player option exercise. Because if he, I mean, look, and right now being on the pup list, if he goes through a year where he ends up with 700 yards, they're not going to exercise that fifth year option. And he's going to be looking at, at a, at a minimal deal when he gets out of new England. He has every reason to be motivated, which we, you know, the Pats love to have a player in that situation. Uh, but he sort of screams. He's like the poster child of, yeah, you're supposed to have running backs by committee. Uh, dying to see what we have in Harris. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and frankly, look, Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time. 
maybe doesn't always run the best drafts. You know, a lot of people winced when Michelle went as a first rounder saying you don't get your running back by committee running backs using first round picks. Either it's a slam dunk like Ezekiel Elliott or you wait till the third or fourth round. And but then, you know, when it happens, you want to say, well, hey, I trust Belichick and all things football. But I feel like uh, that evaluation is proving to be true. And uh, I'm, I don't think he's going to earn that contract. I don't see him in a Patriots uniform next year. You know, you mentioned running backs by committee. I love having multiple running backs. And I know, like, if you had an Ezekiel Elliott, I'm not going to say, oh, no, I, do, I wouldn't want Ezekiel Elliott. But you saw what happened to the Giants last year when Saquon Barkley got hurt. When you have one great player and he's that, out. that you are so dependent on, Things become really, really difficult. I like the idea of having three to four backs. I know it takes up space on your roster, and you wish you could allocate it all to one guy, but running back by committee to me is the way to go. Varying skill sets, keep everybody fresh, and you're not just beholden to one player. How great is it when Burkhead comes in and rattles off a few six-yard runs plus catches a screen pass, and then James White, James White, might lead the team in receptions this year. That wouldn't yeah. shock me. That wouldn't be crazy. And it's you know that's how you do the Belichick change your game plan week to week to week is having a whole bunch of options at every position. And so the that's why the the Michelle pick to me was that much more shocking because we like to have multi-dimensional guys. Um I'm surprised it didn't trade if if they really wanted a running back, trade down, probably could have got Michelle on the second. Maybe even the third, frankly, way back in a couple of years ago. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm all in on committees. I hate having the whole future rest on one guy because when he gets hurt, you're doomed. The one thing about Sony Michelle that has disappointed me is he continues to not make any strides in the past game. And whether you talk about it yeah. just being the Patriots or you just talk about the way the league has gone as a whole, your running back needs to be able your running backs need to be able right. to do more than one thing. And Sonny Michelle just doesn't do that. I mean, they had like seven you think, you think last year's 12 receptions were not exciting. No, they were not exciting. So, I mean, look, I'm not asking him to be Christian McCaffrey, but could he be a guy who gets 40 catches for me and runs? Because when he's on the field, he had four drops on 12 catches. <laughs> when you, when you see Sonny Michelle on the field, you know that they're running. When you see James right. White on the field, you know that they're passing. There's yeah. that's yeah. been an issue for this that's team. That's Burkhead's best feature. It's a coin toss. He's the only guy, you know, he's kind of mediocre at both, but at least you're not signaling to the defense, this is what we're doing. That's why Rex Burkhead is my favorite Patriot. He's your favorite Patriot? Rex Burkhead is my favorite Patriot. He has been my favorite Patriot and, for and like three years. Teams, and a good special teamer. He he blocks kicks. He, re- he could return punts if they put him. But by the way, I'm over Julian Edelman returning punts. I don't need him at 34 returning punts. Oh, he shouldn't have been doing it the last four years. I have always years. hated that. I have always hated that. Yeah. Oh, here's the guy with a long injury history. Let's put him out there to lose his head, you know, try to turn punts. <laughs> I want to see the I want to see the undrafted rookie JJ Taylor make the team and let him return punts. Yes. Someone desperate to make the roster, willing to basically sacrifice his body to keep a job. Those guys seem to do a lot better. Do you remember when they had Belichick uh and uh oh sorry, the lead slot guy before Edelman? I can't oh, believe it. What's that? Welker. Welker. They had Welker mic'd up when Edelman was a rookie. And Edelman returns a punt, I don't know, 80 yards or something. I don't think it was for a touchdown. And and Belichick yells at Welker, that's how you compete. 
And Welker goes, yeah, he can have the job. Yeah. And it was all Mike. <laughs> I was like, yes, Welker's yeah. our lead slot guy. Give the kid punt duties. And now, the- you know, Edel- here we go. Other end of Edelman's bell curve of his career. And he's returning punts and getting a snot knocked out of him. Ugh, it's terrifying. By the way, my last podcast was with a guy named Robert Ortiz, who was a practice squad player for the Patriots. He lived with Edelman during Edelman's rookie year. Good stories out of rookie rookie year Edelman and the Ortiz household. You got to go back and listen to that. Well, he's he, that's what he's flipping from QB to receiver too. I can't only imagine the study. He had the, stuff. he had the long hair, I think, then too. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Now, you guys over at Rotowire a couple of uh, months ago, eh, I guess a month ago at this point, put out an early projection on Cam, and I really wasn't that intrigued by it. You know, it was like 2,700 yards, like 23 picks, and or 23 touchdowns, 17 picks or so. To your point, we and I'm not in charge of our Rotowire projections. I contribute some. But we have since dropped Newton down to 14 and quelled his – um, projections that might go back up with the Stidham injury. Fourteen, but, what? Four, ranked fourteen. Oh, sorry, four, QB fourteen of yeah. all the QBs for fantasy. Uh, we now have him. And remember, one thing I didn't get into because I wasn't going to get into math formulas in our little Twitter chat. Yeah, but they're hedged based on how many games we think they may or may not play. Hedge a little for injury because it's total stats for the season. Yeah. Um, but we've got him now at. Uh, just over 3,500 passing yards, 22 passing TDs, and five rushing TDs. Uh, I can't tell from the sheet I'm looking at it how many games we expect, but we're certainly hedging his playing time uh, with Stidham. And, you know, hey, Belichick's not going to give us any quotes, uh, you know, that's going to help us project. It's one of the, you know, the Patriots are one of the worst as far as projections goes. 22 touchdowns in a 16-game season would not be particularly exciting, Ken. No, I mean, and I think uh, I'm trying to look up. And and by the way, when you pair that with only five rushing touchdowns, if you're going to tell me 22 touchdowns passing and 14 rushing touchdowns, then sure. But you're you're telling me he's going to account for 27 total touchdowns? That sounds very, very average to me. Yeah, well, the fear is how many snaps does he lose to Stidham? The fear is how good is this offense? He doesn't have great weapons. I mean, are you excited about the Pats situation at tight end? No. I, here, here's what I'm excited about for the yeah. Pats. Yeah, I'm excited that they are going to get some of those games, especially early in hostile environments with no fans. I do think that they could. I could see them going to Seattle and winning a game where there are no fans there. So I'm excited about that, and I'm excited about the preparation advantage the Patriots will have just because of the continuity on their coaching staff and because of Belichick there. I don't see – look – the Jets, I already think, are bad, so fine. They're bad in the division. Miami's got a new quarterback in Tua who they're trying to groom. Fitzpatrick, I like the decision to start him early, but if you are a new coach or a new quarterback coming in this year, you're at a drastic disadvantage, and the Patriots, I think, can take advantage of that. Yes. I mean, hey, one could argue the greatest asset the Pats have had the last 20 years is being in the AFC East. Right? Yep. <laughs> so, yes. so, you know, thank goodness we get to beat up I'd say the Dolphins are still beat upable for one more year. You know, they never yeah. should have won that one game on the fluke flea flicker play uh, last season uh, where we had Gronk at safety. Please don't that was me. two years ago, but they still won last year at uh, they still won last year uh, on week 17 in that awful yeah. loss the Patriots yeah. had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, I mean, it is a soft schedule. Thank goodness for the AFC. I mean, the Bills, 
the Bills should give us a challenge. I have a a very big Bills fan coworker, and uh, we always if you don't do it this year, it may never happen. I love, look, I really like the Bills roster. I don't really like Josh Allen. I'm curious, and and Josh Allen and Cam are similar just in terms of they both have big physique. They both can run. They both can be assets in short yardage around the goal line. They both have had a big arm historically. Where does Rotowire see Josh Allen? Because I'm curious how other people perceive him compared to me. So, you know, we mentioned we have Newton ranked at 14th. Now, fantasy gives running quarterbacks, let's call it more credit than um, maybe you deserve in real football situation. Yep. We have Allen ranked ninth at QBs, but that's on 523 rushing yards and seven rushing TDs. And, you know, in fantasy, you get four points for a passing TD and six points for a rushing TD. Let me close my window. Just <laughs> the trash pickup there. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have Allen ranked ninth. But would I want him, the QB of my favorite football team? No, because his accuracy is terrible. Let me click here what we've got. Uh, I've got his historic. I mean, his completion rate went up eight. I'm sorry, six points last year. It was still the worst for all starters at 58.8%. You know, Stefan Diggs is going to be so angry. He's, you know, he thought, ha-ha, I'm getting out of Minnesota, and I don't have to d- fight for targets with Adam Thielen anymore. And, I don't have to deal with all Dalvin Cook getting all the ball carries. But now he's going to Buffalo. Yeah, he's the number one wide receiver. But once he gets overthrown five times by Allen, he's going to really regret that move. You mentioned 520 yards rushing for Allen projected. What do you guys have Cam rushing at? Because I believe Steve Grogan has the Patriots all-time single-season quarterback rushing record, and it's like 574 yards. I think Cam will run. But I yeah. don't think that Cam will run enough to break that record. Where do you guys see Cam in terms of how this offense runs him? We have him at 419, but again, I think we've got him at 13 or 14 games played. Um, so we, and part of that's just age, part of that's just Stidham. Frankly, part of that's just hedging because it's not 100% his job. Um, we'll adjust these not just in all, you know, not just throughout offseason, but also after, uh, you know, throughout the season too. But, yeah, we've got him at 419, but that's all just health. He's going to break that record if he's healthy, and he's not going to break it if he has to miss a few games. And remember, we're talking multiple injuries, right? There's the shoulder and the foot. See, I'm surprised you say that because 574 yards is a lot. I believe that would have been second in the NFL last year. Lamar Jackson was one, and then Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and Allen were all kind of around that 500 or a little less range. I don't see Cam, if he plays all 16 games, being essentially the second highest rushing quarterback in the league. I see Cam, Ken, I see the Patriots using him in goal line like like he did in Carolina. I see him being an absolute weapon on third and three and running some naked bootlegs or on you know, quarterback sneaks. I don't see him just taking the draw and taking off on first and 10 and going for 48. Well, first of all, we talk rushing QBs. Lamar Jackson's going to get over 900 yards. So yeah. there's no way Cam's getting anywhere near that. Right. Um, I No, but you know what I see? I see receivers that may not be able to get open, a QB that does not make reactions and does not like to get rid of the ball as fast as Brady used to, and I see a guy running for his life a lot. 
but see, Cam, though, see, I, I, th- that's where I think you are wrong. I think that the stats have shown the last couple of years that Cam is closer to Brady than we want to have thought that he is. Because in the last, like, three I'll years. Brady. I'll take Brady. I would have taken, yeah. Look, I would have kept Brady also, but that's beside the point. If, if, you know, Cam gets the ball, gets rid of the ball, like, quicker than almost any quarterback in the league when he started playing under Mike Shula, he was much more dump off to McCaffrey, quick slant, et cetera. I understand the concern about Patriots receivers not getting open, but I think their preferred plan of attack is Cam to get rid of the ball quickly. I think the days of Cam bouncing back there for seven seconds and looking for a 40-yard bomb to Demir Bird, I don't think that's happening. (laughs) Especially to Demir Bird. Yes, I don't see that happening. Uh, And, hey, he is 30, so uh, coming off injuries. So you're right. You're right. I'm I'm showing a little too much exuberance. I'm just – I'll tell you, I'm just scared of this offense. I'm scared. Uh, I'm scared about the offensive line changes because of opt-outs. I just, I mean, who, I don't, what are we going to get out of Cunningham at right tackle? I don't know. I am deathly scared of the schedule because, yeah, the AFC East has been soft, but you look at it, they've got to play the NFC West, and I think the NFC West is the best division in football. They, yeah, they get some help, no fans in Seattle. They've got to play the Rams. So even though I'm low on them, I still think – I think they're a fourth-place team. They're probably the best fourth-place team in the NFL. Arizona, I am so high on Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. And then San Francisco went to the Super Bowl. That right there, that's four incredibly tough games. Then you factor in Kansas City, Houston, and Baltimore. That gets you three more tough games, which is – I mean, that, that right there is seven. Buffalo, we already think, is good. That's nine tough games. I mean – that there aren't really any cupcakes on this schedule for a Patriot team that we think is kind of meh. That's very fair. That's why six and 10 is in the discussion. And if it was an average coaching staff, I think you'd hear a lot more five and 11s based on this roster. Are there any, go ahead. 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 I was going to ask you though, what do you see us getting out of Damian Harris at running back? Uh, One, I'd like to see him on the field. That would be nice. I mean, seriously, they yeah. spend a third. They spend a third round pick, and you talked about Belichick not being great in the draft. Um, I don't have all the history in front of me, but yeah, it hasn't been that great. But we got a guy two years ago or three years ago in Duke Dawson, who they drafted in the second round, who's not even on the team anymore. They traded him to Denver. They got Joe Juan Williams, who they drafted last year in the second round, who now they're working out in safety and DB, and I don't know if he can get on the field. Meanwhile, the undrafted free agent JC Jackson's like the best DB in the league outside of Gilmore. So I don't know what I don't know what's going on there. Harris, they draft in the third round. He's got to get on the field, man. And and you're right. I love running back by committee. What I want to see them do, though, is I want to see them put two running backs on the field at the same time. It's the one of the biggest bones of contention I have with Josh McDaniels. Let's get Cam in the shotgun. Let's get Burkhead to his right. Let's get Michelle to his left. And let's create the illusion of something different. Let's get Harris to his right. Let's get White to his left. I mean, you know, look, I played enough Madden in my life to know the split backs formation. Let's get that going. Well, hey, if there was ever a reason to come up with a whole new playbook, this losing your uh, all-time, you know, world's greatest quarterback is that reason. I would, I would be shocked if we didn't see a lot of wild, new, radical formations from McDaniel's this year. This is the year to do it. I actually think the coaching staff is jazzed to try a ton of new stuff, you know, without Brady around. Did you ever play Madden? Like, were you ever a video game guy? I was, but you know, I'm older. Like my Madden was like five pixels. 
<laughs> well, so you probably couldn't do all the things you could do. No, no, no. <laughs> right, right. And and uh, yeah, it was the, it was almost. But I didn't want to drop out of college. I had I had. There's a guy in my freshman year dorm. I remember, and they were pre med, which always amazed me. But they had Madden, and that was a terrible time suck. I had to like run by their room, <laughs> not get lured in. Well, it reminds Belichick reminds me of the kid in Madden who likes like building the organization more than actually playing the game. Like, <laughs> like I was the guy who like I wanted to simulate through the off season and then just play the sixteen games. Yeah. Other guys I know they want to like okay, what are my concession prices going to be? I got to set my yeah. ticket prices here, and I got to do this training session, and then I'll just simulate the games themselves and let's get to the off season again. That's what Belichick reminds me of. Yeah, my my twelve pixel Madden version didn't have those features, but uh, <laughs> I I but to your point, I think Belichick, I think McDaniel's, um, I think they're now they're excited that they get to try a whole bunch of new things. You, I mean, I always was terrified. You, you and I used to talk on the radio about this. I hated when they would sneak Brady for those one yard yes. runs. Like, why are we taking our ancient quarterback and shoving him headfirst into the line? <laughs> When if he's gone, the season's over. You know, we couldn't have Sony Michelle do that. We couldn't have Harris as a rookie at least do a one-yard dive, for goodness sakes. I mean, I get it's effective. The defense isn't ready, but he was the whole team. Is there any Patriots player worth owning fantasy football-wise at all? Any of them? Well, you know, I mean, I mean, I think if you're in a PPR league, uh, Julian Edelman and James White are very good bench players to have. PPR being points per reception. Um, so, you know, the first rule of fantasy is always know your league rules before you draft. So uh, we like those guys. And then in, in general, one fantasy tactic is just wait on quarterbacks, you know. Yeah. So don't draft early because the middle is so thick in the QB rankings that just take a Daniel Jones and Cam Newton, play who's hot and play the matchups. Newton's going to – I mean – Newton will be on plenty of rosters, but he may only see five or six weeks depending on the matchups. Um, fan, you guys at Roto-Wire, I got to imagine the last five months have been incredibly tough for you. How have you guys survived five months essentially of no sports? I guess, I guess four months of no sports, really. We're, I mean, we're lucky. We're a 23-year-old company, uh, privately held. So um, we... Uh, luckily, and we're a mix of 35 full-time employees and roughly 200 freelancers. We frankly didn't had very little work for our freelancers over that four or five month period. Yeah, we did expand to cover Korean baseball, uh, mm-hmm. Japanese baseball, which launched late. Uh, we jumped into Aussie rules football. DraftKings has opened an office in Australia, so we believe, uh, and that is the number one sport in Australia. So we believe long term in Aussie rules football. By the way. That sport is awesome. You can yeah. DVR the games on Fox. I've adopted the Collingwood Magpies, Go Pies. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we had to get creative. We covered other sports. We have – I know nothing about it, but we do have eSports writers. So League of Legends kept going. Uh, CSGO, these other things you, I promise you you don't want to learn more about. But uh, <laughs> we had – I mean, short-term is just a lot of Band-Aids. FanDuel and DraftKings are very big clients of ours. They shifted to other games, and we help supply content for that. Uh, I remember I was up late one night cropping all the team logos of the Korean baseball teams. <laughs> Go Dinos. Dinos yeah. are my favorite. The, the uh, KC Dinos, I believe. Yeah, the the um, light blue and tan. 
Best um, the I was a fan of the LG Twins because former Mariner great Deho Lee played for them. Ah, yes, yes. So, um, you know, we talk about in sports media how important football is to everything, advertising, content, listenership, et cetera. If football didn't happen, what happens to Rotowire? That's football happening or not happening has been issue number one for us since uh, the pandemic started. And again, this is very selfish, focused on ourselves. There's plenty of global health issues yeah. we have to put aside. But we've said from day one, if there's no NFL football, then we actually have to downsize. Then we have to lay off some of the 35 employees we have. Um, and that's really when, so our business is number one, uh, subscriptions to Rotowire. And number two, though, is what uh, what I help out with is syndication of our content to ESPN, CBS Sports, Fox Sports, FanDuel, DraftKings, uh, Yahoo, NFL.com, NBA.com. And those clients start to ask for refunds when we're not there are no games to cover. Uh, but it's all football. Football, and we're just a reflection of sports media in general. Football is hands down the number one sport in America. Um, it's what drives everything. It's why you see colleges freaking out, yes or no, about having it. That's not because of some moral play for the players. It's all about that being the revenue driver for so many of these schools. One of the things I actually love about Rotowire is that I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but that you guys play nice with all of the other media companies, whether it's ESPN, Fox, CBS, Sirius, et cetera. Like they all have their own fantasy platforms. They just they they have their own leagues. You can play on ESPN, you can play on Yahoo, you can play on Rotowire. But yet you guys play nice with all of them. And I think that's a cool partnership because I don't think that would be the case in every industry. Yeah. And a lot of it's our history. You know, if you go back to the late 90s, early 2000s, MLB actually tried to sue all the fantasy companies saying that only Major League Baseball could have fantasy baseball. Hmm. And it forced the industry to all unify into what was the Fantasy Sports uh, Trade Association, the FSTA, to defend ourselves and say, hey, no, legally we can we can have fantasy games or write about fantasy. We won that case. Uh, we were heavily involved in all that legal stuff, and it made us tight with the, the community. So that history, and believe it, there was a time when rotisserie baseball was bigger than fantasy football, Brady. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that, I know you're a big fan of that too, but that's what got the industry to play nice. Uh, Pete Shanky, our founder and president, was on the board of the FSTA for 20 years. Uh, he just stepped down. Um, and, yeah, so we're very tight, and they're all clients of ours now. Wow, very, very, very awesome. Um, fantasy leagues, fantasy drafting, are you seeing people drafting for their league normal times this year or later because of no preseason? It's later. It's later. We really miss the news of preseason getting everyone psyched for fantasy football. There just aren't the headlines day-to-day -day now. Uh, for for football in general, uh, all of my drafts are later, except for my Rotowire Pro ones. Uh, and sadly, we are seeing a little less traffic and, and less subscriptions this year. It's a tough year financially, uh, so it could be economy driven as well. But definitely, the fantasy football season is starting later. The NFL season is also a week later than it was at this time last year. But uh, there is a little less enthusiasm. But you'd think. Shouldn't people have more time now for fantasy yes. footballs? Where, where are they going? 
You know, there's something I heard you talk about recently on a radio interview that that's really intrigued me. And it took a little while for me to grasp the concept of it. But once I heard you say it recently, it really piqued my interest. So I'll be honest with you. Look, when we did these interviews on the radio, I had to ask you a lot of fantasy football questions. I actually don't love fantasy football. Yeah, Fantasy football yeah. is not like if I didn't have to do it for the radio, I wouldn't have done it. Fantasy <laughs> fantasy baseball is my baby. I'm in a million yeah. leagues for fantasy baseball. I've never fantasy football I've always considered to be too random. I'm tired of getting my first round pick injured. I'm tired yeah. of my running back getting his touchdowns vultured. I'm tired of my wide receiver having zero catches for three weeks and then going fourteen for two oh eight and I've got him on the bench. So fantasy um, football I haven't loved for a while. Your best ball league, which I never heard of, this is something I'm interested in. Tell me about best ball fantasy football. Yeah, Rotowire didn't didn't invent this. We write about it. But um, what best ball is, the premise of best ball is that the draft is the best part of fantasy football. And best ball really is just a draft. So you and you could do this any time of the year. Best ball launches on Yahoo every January, I believe. Wow. Um, but uh, it's on Yahoo, it's on FanDuel, it's on DraftKings now. And what you do is, uh, just like regular fantasy football, you draft a team, but you draft one a little deeper. So you may only have 10 or 12 teams in the league. But instead of a standard roster, you might add uh, four or five more bench spots. Yep. And the point is, you draft your team, and then that's it. That's all the changes you can make. And the scoring, you don't set your lineup. The scoring, and this is where the name best ball comes from, whoever has the best weeks at each position on your team are the points you get. So um, you might have four or five running backs. Whoever, Whichever two have the best week that week are the points you get. So as far as valuing players, you're not really worried about injury guys as much. If you have like a Will Fuller, who when he plays for the Texans is awesome, but is always injured eight games of the year. In best ball, you say, well, those eight games where he's awesome could be really useful. But also, if you're just like, gosh, I hate setting my lineup every Thursday. I hate dealing with um, react picking up free agents because I have injuries. The best ball format's for you, and it's becoming very popular. Yeah, see, I think that there's so a couple things you said there are are my biggest bones of contention. One, again, I'm tired of having my guy who goes off on the bench. Now it doesn't matter where I've got him because I'm going to get those points. If he has two right. great games, I'm getting credit for him, and that's yeah. good. And then the bye weeks and free agents for injuries because it just feels like these these guys are so hooked on fantasy football that once you have to go to the waiver wire, there's nothing there. <laughs> There's just nothing ever there. So if I don't have to go to the waiver wire, I am all in on that. I would play a best ball league, and I would play one at pretty high value, actually, just because of the convenience of it all. That's very appealing to me. Yeah, so I, you know, go to Yahoo. Go, we, we have an advice columns on best ball, but Yahoo has them, DraftKings and FanDuel. They're even in some of the FanDuel uh, TV ads with Coach Jeff Fisher. Have you seen those? I have not. Uh, Although yeah, I've seen Jeff yeah. Fisher on them, but I just don't remember being best ball. Yeah, the, that that's for their new best ball product. Um, I think we're having you. You can get Jeff Fisher on as a guest. I think we're going to have him on a Sirius XM show. It's to promote the game, and Fanduel's paying him to do it. But uh, can you hook it up for me? <laughs> I'll send you the I'll send you the uh, press release they put out. It Let's do it. I'm in. All right, I'm not hanging out with Jeff Fisher. I'm not like, hey, Mister Eight and Eight, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, how was it losing the Super Bowl at the one-yard line that year? That was pretty cool, wasn't it? Right, right, right. How about those pads? 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's great. So we'll, we'll we'll work on getting Jeff Fisher on. All and right, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can find that press release. Uh, look, I'll continue to stunt for Rotowire for a second. I told you I'm into okay. fantasy baseball. The last three years I've been, I don't want to say partnered with, but I've been using Rotowire stuff to help in my fantasy baseball. And I have won multiple championships and come in the money in multiple leagues because of what Rotowire does and how organized it is and the tips that they give and the drafting feature, like the ranking of players pre-draft has been what's just carried me through these leagues is just having the best draft. So um, I've loved it. If you want into Rotowire, Ken, I know you guys do a 10-day free trial. Yes, go to rotowire.com slash win. That's rotowire.com slash win for a free 10-day trial. Uh, Brady hit the nail on the head. I, what's Anybody can launch a blog. There's tons of articles out there. But, for instance, if you want to adjust your rankings to the rules of your individual league, we have all of that. Um, we have best ball. We cover 13 different sports. Lineup optimizers for daily fantasy. Um, but yeah, please go to rotowire.com slash win and a free 10 day trial, no credit card or anything required. Well, Ken, you're a Pats fan. We're rooting for the Pats this year. We are only what, two and a half weeks away, three weeks away from opening day. It's going to be a different season. It's going to be an interesting season. Might be a fun season though. We'll see what happens for the Pats. Ken, we appreciate it, man. We'll check you out, uh, on rotowire. All right. Thank you very much, Brady. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.